Episode number four of Cabin in the Clearing. We're here with another homie edition this time. We've got our man Lachlan Douglas to my right here uh, joining us on the podcast session. Got our man Harvey Moon, uh, that's his artist name, also known as Nolan Williams. And Mr. Guy Justin, aka Jakur, over in the corner. Boom, we're chilling. We're in the cabin. We got our whiskey going, our tea going. KOT, our sponsor. Yeah, let's get it going. Little tap salve. There you go. Don't forget my wine. Ooh, the cab yeah. sad, man. Couple sours. Couple so, sours. So today what we're going to be talking about is uh, a couple things. We're going to get Lachlan to pretty much just tell us what uh, he's going on his adventures. You're what? You're moving out west pretty soon? Yep. I'm moving out west January 5th to do some uh, some touring in Nelson. So, yes. so for the listeners, tell explain what it is touring exactly, how you got into it, and uh and yeah why why you that kind of resonated with you and also specifically what you mean by the word touring in this specific situation sounds good yeah i mean i grew up skiing i love skiing i've always tried my best to ski as much as i can and when i uh when i got old enough to do a bit of traveling first thing i did was head out west where we've got lots of mountains and deep powdery snow fell in love with it had a great time <clears throat> another year went by after spending a you know week or two at whistler and finding out what it's like to ski pow and like big mountain skiing you know just it's just unmatched to the kind of skiing we have in ontario mm-hmm. and then uh, i visited my my good friends in nelson uh last year and uh we did some touring and so the difference between touring and normal like resort skiing is your you put skins on the base of your skis which are these uh, like straps that go on that only slide one way so they slide forward but not mm. backward which allows you to basically walk up the mountain in the deep snow so it takes like three hours you trek up <clears throat> like a 45 degree slope in like two meters of you know champagne powder and uh, then you <laughs> you get uh, you got to earn your turns as they say and then when okay. you're up at the top um, you you get uh, untouched like completely untouched uh, turns the whole way down and just like really nice fluffy snow. So yeah, I mean I'm planning on spending the next three four months doing that. Nice, nice. which is exciting. Yeah, man, mm-hmm. sounds good. Uh, yeah. And actually, uh, just based on that, there was something you mentioned earlier. I forget the terminology you used, but uh, there's a certain type of board you were saying you could like separate in half to make into a ski. Yeah. So uh, like you've got like skiers and snowboarders both can tour, and if you're a snowboarder, you get a snowboard that actually splits in half into skis that you trek up on because like as opposed to a normal downhill ski Mm -hmm. the the heel comes out of a touring ski which you know allows you to do the walking motion for you know your heel comes up and what have you and uh yeah so you split the snowboard in half uh, and it becomes skis clip in and then you walk up the mountain put it back together snowboard down it's pretty cool dope that's awesome. Uh, I want you to go. To, uh, you were telling us a story earlier while we were uh, at the uh, eating fall. At the Lickbo. Oh. And uh, one thing I want to know Before too. So, what was the terminology <laughs> that you used for uh, when your friend got trapped? She got trapped. It's like if you oh, can explain uh, that uh, for they, the listeners. Oh well. yeah, sure. Yeah. I mean, uh, well, there's a, a definitely increased danger in the backcountry. Uh, as far as I know, 
backcountry skiing is the is the leading uh, leading cause of avalanche deaths. Period. So you're okay. you're uh, you're definitely exposed to the elements out there. And so yeah, I mean, one of the things that can fuck you up out there are tree wells. And uh, yeah, for people who don't know, uh, mm-hmm. every every big tree out there has got branches surrounding it that creates like a booby trap almost, where it, it looks like it, there's snow on top, but it's hollow, and you can fall next to a tree. Uh, trunk and uh, you can fall down these holes that are next to the trunks that can be like three or four meters deep <clears throat> and then all the snow surrounding it can kind of pile up on top of you <clears throat> and what I was telling the lads earlier was we were skiing with a girl who's um, not not uh, a very good skier to be honest <laughs> probably shouldn't have been in the backcountry oh shit and uh, we left her alone to literally go like maybe 10, 10 minutes to the car and, and she fell headfirst into a tree well and was stuck there for like an hour and a half before we found her. And the the only reason we found her was because coincidentally we stopped for one of our buddies who had a split board, you know, who, right. couldn't, who couldn't go in the flat. Um, and so, yeah, when we stopped there, we, we heard uh, her, her crying for help. How do you actually like get them out of the tree well? Yeah, when you're in the backcountry, you need to have different kinds of gear. So you always have to have avi gear. And What's so, that, sorry, avi gear? Yeah, short for avalanche. Oh, so gee, man, these oh, are so fucking so terms. Just really quick, actually, what was uh, what was the thing you were saying that you had on hand that like helped you locate her? Yeah, oh, so okay. honestly, there were three things, but the thing I mentioned was beacon. Yeah. But so you've got a beacon, a probe, and a, a shovel. And your your beacon is this device where you it it has searching mode like and, gps almost yeah it is searching and sending so sending is when it's sending out a signal to other beacons and searching yeah. is when it's searching for signals yeah, yeah, yeah uh pretty intuitive and uh yeah like you know we heard these screams and we were like is that jill and you know we didn't think it was her but we said fuck it we'll turn on the we'll turn it on to searching and sure enough everybody's thing started beeping holy shit and uh in about five minutes we found her and so when we when we find her instead of be- so at first it goes beep 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 and then it speeds up the closer you get and when you're right next to them it's just beep and so we knew we had her then you take the probe which is this long stick that folds down into like a smaller thing and you, you get that and you poke it down into the snow until you hit a body basically so we're going down wow. until we hit her and then we hit her we know where to dig and then everybody has these ultra light shovels that also pack down into three pieces you build up your shovel and we, we dug her out Oh, shit. She'd been down there for That's an hour. That's so dangerous, man. Like, the idea of that, like, just getting lost. Well, like you said, if you hadn't mm-hmm. had, like, the beacon and everything, like, you might not, you know, she might have been there. She might have died. Like, yeah. yeah. Real. I mean, Straight she could have died. Or, she could have been, been there for hours and hours. And yeah. she was a trooper. She was skiing the next day. She, she like, fell in a bunch of tree wells, to be honest. <laughs> but that really? time, you know, that time she was alone, which is when it's dangerous, right? Because mm-hmm. if, like, you want to ski in a group, <clears throat> and if you fall in a tree well, you can just be like, help, you know, and you'll get dug out. Um,. But yeah, I mean, uh, there's definitely a lot more risks to take into account in the backcountry. Because at the end of the day, like every time you're going up a mountain, you're at some level of risk of an avalanche coming down on you, like mm-hmm. even when you're not skiing. And True uh, in a kind of odd way, that's part of the fun of it, you know, like you are 100% at the hands of Mother Nature. Like it doesn't matter how experienced you are. <laughs> Fucking Mother Nature's bitch. <laughs> yeah. It does not matter how experienced you are. Like you can be the world's greatest skier. You know, the backcountry can always kill you. So when you finish True your that. day skiing, it's just kind of that much better because it's like you're out there. You're really like in it with nature. Yeah. You immerse yourself in it, and every day, you know, you're grateful to be a lot. Well, I mean, it's an exaggeration a little bit, but well, no, I was about no, to say, it, it just makes sure. it a little bit more. Um, 
intense. It must be humbling. You, you appreciate the reality of it. Like to understand that it must be. It must be bringing. It just feels that much better getting home to bed. You know, at the end of the day, because you appreciate the beauty that it is. Like a natural thing. And I think that that risk is worth it when you're skiing like untouched tracks. You know, sometimes you're at resort. Doesn't matter how nice the resort is. It's always carved out unless you get those first morning runs. But yeah, yeah. backcountry, it's always pristine. Like, you know, so mm. uh, it's going to be exciting for me. I've only skied, uh, you know, when I went out to Nelson, I did like seven or eight days straight skiing while and I was there. This is Nelson, British Columbia, just for anybody who's listening. Yep, that's yeah. right. Nelson, BC. Uh, but, you know, that's, I'm planning on doing that uh, for months on end this time, and uh, hopefully it all goes well. Mm-hmm. So what, what 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 advice would you give out for people who are might be interested in not they don't really know how to go and what 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 advice would you go in terms of like techniques or techniques yeah. or like just like the the thing about the beacon is there anything else like to for precautionary wise like is there anything else that you do uh yeah i mean there's a whole bunch of things you can do you can take an avalanche course um which i've done okay uh, oh really nice yeah i didn't know that yeah you can take an avalanche course and that'll just run you through the basics of like identifying risks and there's like a test you can do when you're up there where you, you can dig out you know say you're on a slope you can sort of dig out a right angle from the mm. slope and then you can examine how the snow looks and what uh really perpetuates the risk of avalanche is when you've got like a hard crusty layer um with uh compact snow on top because then if you have like the crust break it can it can break uh into like several big pieces and slide and that's when you get all the way to the top stuff is just like yeah and so you can dig a (laughs) hole and you can take a look for yourself and say "Mm, you know this looks pretty sketchy or not and also avalanche canada is a really good resource like we have in canada where people are constantly up updating what the conditions are like and uh whether it's dangerous and what parts of the mountains are okay and blah 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 but uh yeah and uh i don't know i think the main thing is just get out there go do it go with somebody who knows what they're doing and yeah, uh, be safe as much as you can play it by ear yeah because yeah. it's, it's not a, it's not a joke awesome. out there it's fucking no, you know, no, yeah. know, it's pretty gnarly which is why it's that much better to be prepared you know to do it right yeah and, have fun. Yep. and it's yeah. uh, that much more rewarding like you're really out there you know you're uh you yeah you carve your way up when you're at the top it's just you and and uh and like whatever buddies you went with it's like uh, how long how long is like one ride down like 15 minutes and it's like three hours up wow that's Jesus a commitment christ earn your turns baby <laughs> yeah so you just go on like two runs a day or something yeah well aim for three aim for three sometimes four but if you're doing four you're gonna wow. crush yourself like Jeez. we did we did one day that was pretty gnarly actually where uh we, we got stuck in the dark actually on this day which is you know pretty dangerous we we, we didn't have headlamps which is also stupid you know bring, bring headlamps out but what it was was you started from the road went up one uh 3500 foot mountain get to the top ski down the other side of it and then you're really in the back country right because the only way back to the road civilization is over that fucking mountain so that's also exciting because if you oh, have shit. like a gear malfunction or something like that uh that you can't walk in that environment you need the skis and uh if your skins get wet the bottoms of your skins they don't stick to your ski anymore oh shit and you're fucked (laughs) and um yeah and every time you ski down you take your skins off and very carefully roll them up and try not to get any snow on them yeah but uh yeah so anyway we, we ski down one run ski like go up another mountain on the other side so now we're two mountains from the road mm ski back down that that section was a burn which was pretty cool so it was like what once was a forest that all got burnt down so just you just had these little like black charred uh, um um <clears throat> trunks everywhere you know without branches and have you, you ever like have you ever hit one can it, can it be dangerous a bit Get i mean you speed. can get like uh, 
part of what I like about it is it's sort of like it's like extreme quick reaction time. Like uh, you you can only really look three or four trees ahead of you, and you're just like dodging trees the whole time, okay. which I think is yeah, exciting. But I mean, yeah, there's a risk involved with skiing in trees, but a lot of people really enjoy that uh, sort of quick reaction time, just weaving between trees. Which I, I definitely do, uh, but no, I've never hit a tree uh, in the backcountry. At least I've, I've hit trees in like glades in Ontario and stuff. Mm. But uh, yeah, and anyway, like once once we finally like went down there and started going up our final ascent of the day to get back, it was getting uh, pitch black, and both of my skins were too wet; they weren't working. So what we had to do was uh, like use um, my uh, my pant lace. We took it out and then we tied the skins to my skis using the pant lace so that I could get up because otherwise you're stuck. Uh, uh, by the time we got up, it was pitch black. We had no, uh, <laughs> we had no uh, headlamps and, and we skied down in the dark. It was pretty dangerous, pretty, uh, but it was, <laughs> it, was, it was pretty exciting. And uh, yeah, we all, we all was there a full okay. moon or anything? Like, could you see anything at all? It was overcast, so it was pretty dark. Wow. Have you ever ran Dude, into like, yeah. like how many times have you done this? And also, actually, before I wanted to know, like, how old were you when you started skiing? Oh, like I don't know, like four years old, something okay. like that. Okay, it was your parents who got you into it kind yeah. of right away. I started skiing super early, but I grew up skiing in Ontario, you know. So, in Ontario, for people who don't know, we we ski tiny hills, you know. Like people yeah, from true. Vancouver, people from BC are always saying you can always tell. When someone's from Ontario, because they refer to mountains as hills, because out there you've, they've got mountains, you know. Because you're like going up the hill today, yeah. you know. Because it's like you're saying, like you got like Camp Fortune or you got like Borla. Yeah, like, got, it's like they're not. We've got necessarily little, that huge. Exactly, they're a couple hundred meters high. Like, yeah. Um, and we've got icy terrain, so it's all about carving. Yeah. And really, people yeah. talk about how the sound differs. Like here, you hear like, yeah. and in uh, BC, it's like. Yeah, really. Yeah. You're yeah. getting a lot more fresh powder. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's like to two totally different styles of skiing. But I'm by no means a, a pro backcountry person. Like you know, I'm I'm not the guy to listen to. I've skied like eight or nine days in the backcountry. Like you know, that's it. Like this is gonna be my first legit season. But I I think I have a decent skier. I've skied sick, a lot dude. my whole life. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, man, it's not necessarily about being like fucking pro right away. It's more about like you know at the end of the day like you're actually going out and you're fucking doing it right and that's the that's the difference right there is like you're something that's interesting to you that you're actually going to go and do it you know no doubt and you know you, you said like oh what advice do you have for people i think like the biggest advice for um you know doing stuff like this whether it's skiing or like just anything else that's a little bit out there it's like it's just do it like just yeah. fucking do it. it it's it's really easy to convince and yourself prepare, you know just yeah, prepare, just prepare and then but don't overthink. I think a lot yeah, of people uh, a lot of people are like, Oh, like I can't, I can't there's so many things keeping me yeah. where I am. Generally there aren't things keeping you where you are. It's it's just you. Like just decide to go and uh and go. Even if uh it seems like the odds are stacked against you. Like with me with, with this trip, everybody who does a season in B C plans it in like August and moves in November. I started planning it in October and I'm moving there January 1st. Okay. <laughs> Everybody I told that I was gonna yeah. do this told me I'd, there's no chance I'd be able to do it. And uh, you know, I just managed to lock something in recently for accommodation, what have you. Cause you're going nice. out west, right, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, even if that didn't happen, I would have gone anyway. I would have just 
stayed in a hotel or, or camped or something until I found something. Because you can always make it work. And if I'm not mistaken, I, don't I like that mindset, honestly. Oh, I was going to say it's winter time, so I guess this doesn't really apply. But I was going to say, if I'm not mistaken, out in West, there's a lot of Crown Land where you can kind of just camp, but oh, you're yeah. not going to fucking camp yeah. in a tent during the winter. No, sure. sure. <laughs> and the, the cool thing about being out West is um, it's, it's much warmer than Ontario. You know, like when That's you're. That's true, actually. When yeah, you're in, even in the winter, yeah, yeah. In the town, it's probably like seven or eight degrees and then when you go to the mountain yeah. it gets as it only gets as cold as like maybe minus 10 on the summit that's so crazy mm. that's like that's like our beginning winter here that's like when when winter's yeah. like starting to kick in and it's in minus 10 we're just like oh fuck it's like <laughs> fucking a cold day in late yeah. october yeah. <laughs> what, what, what type of hills have you hit up out west and what's your favorite one so far dude uh, not many, to be honest. Uh, just Whistler and, and uh, Whitewater and Nelson. So that's oh, okay. that. Um, you know, uh, I'm, I'm planning on doing You're a lot of skiing this, this year. One, eh? Yeah, I'd like to yeah. hit a couple spots yeah. along the Powder Highway there, like Kicking Horse and Revelstoke. Nice. And um, Red Mountain, some of these, these spots. Like, I've just got this little period of my life where I can uh, dedicate a good chunk of time to just, like, a fun Good hobby. Review. Okay, King Horse. And yeah, my first my first plan was to go to Golden, uh, BC, which is the yeah. town. Yeah, uh, I mean Golden, yeah. yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah. That's, Camped on Mount Seven. That's the town right next to King Horse, and that was my original plan. But um, I don't know. I've got some buddies in Nelson. I've already been there. I like the touring aspect a lot. I really want to be mostly touring, um, and Nelson. Uh, accommodates that better than uh, Kicking Horse. But Kicking Horse is a much bigger mountain and a uh, much more is, thriving yeah. town. Yeah, Kaoki, our so. buddy Kaoki, actually. This this mm. podcast is sponsored by KOT, just so, so you guys know. I don't know if you can see it in the background, but uh, it's some really, really good tea. We're going to put some links in the description for the tea. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and anyway, Kaoki, he's the one who uh, makes his teas a local business, but also he, he, he tells me about when he goes and fucking shreds and shit. And yeah. uh, he's been a Kicking Horse. That's pretty legit, so... Pretty crazy stuff. Uh, the guy who got me into it is uh, a friend of mine named Connor Hutchison, and uh, he's basically the craziest little fuck that I've ever met. <laughs> he's like, he's a wild guy, and uh, you know, to give you a taste of his personality, he, he he did college for a little bit, and then he dropped out and decided he would just go uh, do a bit of living before he uh, got his degree. But, mm -hmm. You know, to each their own. He he wants to kind of just mess around until he's like twenty five and then get his degree. But anyway. Uh, yeah, his, his first year out of school, he toured in Nelson. And the big thing with backcountry is, like, go and learn, like, get trained, uh, get a guide, like, when you start. Somebody's better than you kind of thing. Uh, yeah, exactly. You, like, you know, just do thing. avalanche training, whatever. He, he, knew, he had no idea what he was doing. He bought some secondhand touring skis for cheap, and he showed up on the side of the road and went, you know, backcountry skiing, <laughs> which is so dangerous. Alone, by the way. And the biggest rule is always go with someone else because mm -hmm. if you're buried, you know, you want to get dug out. And he went, uh, you know, every day by himself insane, uh, in Nelson. He was 18 years old, uh, you know, living out there with no car, <laughs> like hitchhiking wow. to the mountain every day and just like that's sending wild. it hard. Yeah. And so that's who I went and saw last year. And so he did a second season last year. And now this year... He's uh, dedicated his entire winter to kite surfing in the Dominican Republic. So, talk to anybody right now about traveling or going down to the Dominican Republic and they tell you you're crazy. Connor, you know, probably got told he was crazy by, you know, several people and he just was like, eh, I don't care. And uh, flew down there and now he's literally living on the beach. Um, kite surfing and kite boarding um, as much as he possibly can. And I, I really respect it. 
but yeah, he's he's the guy who kind of inspired me to uh, get out get out there and get some skiing done. Fuck yeah, yeah dude. That's awesome. That's, that's awesome. And so, and then what are you going to do? Obviously, you can't ski fucking three, 360 fucking days a year, right? So, what do you, what do you, what's your next plan after that? Like, are you just going to roam around BC or... Yeah, I'm. Uh, I've applied to some universities. My okay, my goal nice. is to uh, be a social worker eventually. So that's awesome. That's uh, all over the work. Right on. Thank Help you. people and shit. Yep. Yeah. Um, so I I spent one year at McGill working towards getting into their social work program. I got rejected. Mm. Took this year out. McGill's to... fucking competitive, man, in certain programs, though, from what I hear. Uh, yeah, yeah, it is. And the social program is much more competitive than I anticipated. Like, they're they're looking for people who've got field experience. Mm -hmm. um, maybe you're a little older than uh, I was or am. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so I took this year out to try and gain some experience and also just step away from school for a second. Uh, but I've, I've applied to... Um, uh, Ryerson, York, Carlton, and uh, UBC. Sick, dude. And uh, I'm, so, yeah, I'm, I'm going to try and get all my... I, I also did some volunteering for the Red Cross when I uh, finished my planting season. So That's I did that to try and get some uh, more experience under my belt. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, I'm trying to ski, and then I tree plant to pay for school. I'm going to be doing that from uh, May through till early august and uh then i'll be uh, moving hopefully to toronto I'm kind of uh, shooting for ryerson and uh and then yeah trying to get my yeah, fucking degree it appears to be like for sorry how old are you 20 you said yep 20 yeah. years old so if it seems to me like i mean for somebody who's 20 you seem to have a very 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 like focused kind of direction of like you you seem like you've Don't got it all planned out. no <laughs> well i mean my thing is like uh if i don't have kind of just some basic goals in mind or just things I'm working towards I get really f worked up like I get really unhappy fast like so I, I, I a big that's part interesting set yeah. your basic goals but you don't have to ha necessarily have a specific way of getting it's there it's probably like the fucking like yeah. you can kind of just live it and like get as long as you're working you towards it along the way in right? some way or another yeah, like, exactly. it's a blessing it's just, in disguise yeah. man it's probably the fucking blessing in disguise like because at the end of the day man it's like you don't want to fucking stay well it's achieving your goals either. while also in enjoying freedom at the same time and like you no. no doubt yeah i mean like i you know i've got this year on my hands and i was like okay like uh maybe i'll just work and kind of save some money until i go to school and uh that was the, the thought of doing that for the whole year was like really stressing me out like i don't know i've got n no real commitments that are like holding me down or forcing me to do that and i figured like why not like really get after something i'm passionate about during this time that i've got you know so mm -hmm. so i threw everything i had at doing this uh nelson thing and uh you know i tend to to do that with uh, lots of things because when i'm like stagnant i uh i just get, get like all anxious and upset and like i don't know so I, I just like that's why you know it sounds like i've got this pretty clear outline of what i want to do but really it's like that's what i'm always telling myself so that i like feel <laughs> feel like i've got a handle on things but mm -hmm. i don't know like things change and uh i, I i'm a pretty yeah. uh, spontaneous person sometimes to a fault and you know mm -hmm. That's, that's awesome that's really interesting I think it's a really positive thing man at the end of the day like just getting out there and doing it like you were saying earlier um, you know especially like well, like what we were talking about earlier like uh Actually, mm -hmm. yeah, thanks for coming back, Nolan. This is Nolan was on our podcast yeah. uh, previous episode. Went, uh, yeah, back from BC. <laughs> uh, Feels good. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's another, coming back. Another uh, West Coaster. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Let's go. A West Goer. Yeah. Yeah, sometimes you need to just get out there and do it and have faith that it'll work out, you know? And what uh, what brought you to BC? Because you're from Ontario, yeah? From Kingston. Yeah, yeah, from Kingston, Ontario. Good memory, buddy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so. Uh, 
I moved back to Kingston after uh, COVID sort of uh, went to shit and ruined the world for a little while. And, you know, I was just, you want me to pass it? Yeah, that's cool. Thanks, <laughs> Like, lady under the mic, you're like, fucking yeah, doing that. Yeah, so anyways, um, so I moved back to my parents' house and I wasn't doing anything. And then I just Stagnant. got a... Stagnant? Yeah, Stagnant. exactly. Same and, fucking yeah, same, feeling. Yeah, like <laughs> if I'm if I don't have any goals or plans, like I just get really sad and depressed and yeah. anxious and f- like I feel worthless essentially. So, yeah, I got um, an opportunity from my buddy, and he said I could come live with him in BC with like a big house full of musicians, and I just Great. jumped on the opportunity. Like yeah, I packed dude. my car two weeks later, <laughs> drove across the country. And like, I had no real plan on like what I was going to do. I had a little bit of money saved up, but I just had like faith it'd work out. And then I got like, I think I was in, um, fuck, where was it? I was in like Kamloops or something like that. And, um, I had applied for some Christmas light hanging job like a week before that. And like, I was one day away from getting to Vic and I was running out of money. And then the owner of the company messaged me and he's like, yeah, like, can you start on Monday? So like three days later, like I got there, started working. I love that. Yeah. I was making like 25 bucks an hour, like super good. And like everything just worked out. I was like amazing community out there. Yep. But a uh, lot of, yeah. you know, it's a good. lot of free spirited people too. You 100%. Know, like, yeah. 100%. Yeah. Oh, dude. Some, um, very, uh, oh, sorry. Oh, no. I was just going to add real quick. Like, some people, like, especially, like, it depends where you go, but some people are just, like, there to fucking, like, you know, like, I don't want to get, like, crazy in a spiritual, but, like, spiritually guide you or just, like, help you in any way. Yeah. Because like, I remember one time uh, I was, we hitchhiked, me and Brazo, uh, my buddy's actually in, lives in, in New Zealand right now. Right. And me and Brazo, we hitchhiked from basically, like, all of Canada. Like, we did like basically from nelson to like pretty much sudbury just like that it took us like eight days and at one point we get to like i think it was like uh alberta like right on the border of alberta and saskatchewan and like we literally have it's like nighttime we don't have anywhere to go so we just post up behind like a like a like a strip mall like like there's a bank and shit we just like pull out we each had our own little (laughs) just like sleeping and then like this person just wakes us up massive booster juice like just like that gives it to us we're like oh my like dude wow thank you and then five minutes later the guy walks out he's like here's 20 bucks each and shit like he was like come back here anytime and it's like a bar owner and shit oh dude just like wow we're like wow this is this is blit like it's blessed that's canada for you and you gotta have it's sick you gotta have that almost like openness to it like you gotta have that kind of receptiveness to that energy like uh, like even like i found like i was coming from uh traveling in thailand and i was uh layover in uh Oh, actually, I have a really shitty connection story just just in between that. But I got to the Shanghai airport, and it was the first airport to actually ask us to throw out our lighters for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. So they had this giant bin before too. of lighters, bro. And and the thing was, is I went to this coffee shop in Amsterdam called Bluebird, and it was like this super sick, just like local, you know, vibe. The guy's like, man, I'll tell you what, bro. He's just like, first time in Amsterdam, here you go. Like, here's this lighter, and it had a Bluebird signature on it and everything. And then I just, so anyway, I had to give that up at the airport. It was that that sucked but i remember going from shanghai all the way to uh landing in vancouver and like literally like feeling this calmness over the city like just also it was you know there's the vibe of the west coast and stuff but it was it was walking through the city i was like man something seems just a little more at ease here and like people are a little more you know Mm -hmm. easy going and slow going about things and right i even like went into this random music shop and this lady was uh 
this lady's like yeah yeah that's why i moved here actually <laughs> she's like mm -hmm. i just landed here and i was like yeah i'm not leaving <laughs> yeah like, yeah people definitely have a different vibe out west like mm -hmm. for sure it kind of reminded me of hawaii like everyone is on island time like i live on vancouver island so i'm technically on island time too but. yes sir <laughs> uh yeah like that's one of the beauty um beauties of out west is people are super friendly down to earth like a lot of people into like holistic styles of healing um which is well, that's um, true yeah, yeah right. which is wonderful I so think much so, of that yeah. is yeah. yeah yeah it's good to explore other avenues you know mm -hmm. um and then yeah like the art scene is like popping out there too so that's i love that there's a lot of good artists yeah, yeah. Oh, there's yeah. a lot of uh like even the way that like the sham tickets are made i don't know if you've ever if you guys have ever seen the sham oh, man, the tickets. holographic like, like holographic dude, it's just crazy it's crazy, crazy shit, man. there's yeah. so much that goes into that psychedelic art at least uh when it comes to shambhala i don't know how yeah. we got to shambhala but well, yeah speaking of uh, speaking of psychedelic, psychedelic art well like <laughs> i guess not necessarily psychedelic but some of it is pretty psychedelic but uh shout out to art house cafe like in ottawa it's, it's one of my favorite places just to go for coffee and like especially jazz and stuff like that but uh art house cafe has that? a bunch of uh what's the word i'm looking somerset. for right, right on somerset they, yeah right on somerset oh it's in chinatown it's a, yeah, yeah really sick, it's like, it's almost, it looks like a nice right house like Ottawa and, people uh, go to uh what's art house cafe and uh it's uh what, what was it it's like um they have i forget the word i'm looking for it's like when they sell people's art for them so a commission oh, is uh, a commission i mean yeah they're making a commission yeah Okay. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, blanking right now. I know what you're talking about. Cheers though. to whiskey. Yeah, <laughs> I, forget, I forget what I was saying, but you know, no, but like uh, as far as just psychedelic art and stuff, it's just like man, there's such a variety of yeah. kick-ass local art there, like paintings, uh, pictures, whatever. A lot of it is paintings, but the art variation, like the variation of styles and stuff that you see right. between people, and just plus just the talent that's in the city, dude. Mm -hmm. It's wicked. I don't know. No matter where you go in life, it's like local is just, you know, support local. Local is what it's all about. Yeah, it's like when you say support local too. It's funny. It's like doesn't necessarily just mean when you're in your own place, like in your nope. own local uh, neighborhood. It's like you know when you go yeah. other places, like well, support the local 100%. scene. That's there. I think that's the best way to like see another spot too. Like when yeah, I was traveling, 100%, like, bro. like getting a job somewhere. Honestly, while you're traveling, I think is one of the best things you can do because yeah. you meet I've people actually in the never community. Done that before. I'm, no? I'm looking forward to. I mean, I'm aiming to Highly be working it. at Whitewater when I'm in Nelson, but uh, yeah, when I when I was is back, that a back ski hill or yeah that's a ski hill over yeah. in nelson so nice. you know then i can uh then i can have a a season pass for free as well as uh yeah, you yeah. know kind of break even while i'm out there so, yeah definitely but uh yeah sorry you were saying yeah no well they'll show you all the uh the hidden spots and everything Dude, out there you know yeah, so. um really good uh story on that actually was in in thailand it was like walking around the streets kind of on the back roads and being yeah. like you know you see all these fancy like restaurants and and shit and places to, like i don't know like a good place to eat and it stands out at first but then i'm like i look around and i just see this like open window on the side of a street and it just has some water bottle logo with like no like no legible writing or anything and it's just kind of like there's like 25 locals just sitting there munching out and i'm like that's where i gotta go eat <laughs> it's like yeah you know <laughs> honestly yeah where all the locals are those you know, are the i good see spots. all the tourists yeah going to other places Dude, and i just yeah. see this little hole yes. in the wall where all the locals are chilling eating at like 9 30 in the morning if, you, like, are, if you ever are yeah. traveling yeah. in a foreign place for sure especially you know like go where the locals are going that's great yeah. advice for sure yeah 100 <clears throat> yeah follow mm. the locals 
Well, yeah, I guess because they know the, I mean, they're locals, right? Yeah. But that's the thing, though, it's just like sometimes when you go places, you almost, you almost get lost in that. Like when I was in Copenhagen, that's what happened a lot. Like I did go to some cool, you know, back road places and stuff, but I've never been like to I was always following, like, like yeah, I saw cool stuff, but it was like you're going to like these fancier sort of locations and it's like, man, I spent out the ads. And Copenhagen's already expensive as it is, you know? Oh, yeah. Well, and Europe like, in general, man, yeah. it's fucking, jeez. Yeah. It's Copenhagen just, yeah. has a great skate scene. Copenhagen really? is an event they host there. Copenhagen, no yeah, Copenhagen, and uh, the streets just turn into a fucking riot. It's dope, like just shitloads, like hundreds of skaters, like pro guys from all around the world show up, and they, they just shred. And Copenhagen, they they love it. Like you know, the the people in Copenhagen, they they're totally open to skating. There's skate parks all over the place. Like it's uh, the community really is accepting of skateboarders, which I think is, I've seen which this is rare. Yeah. It's, it is uh, rare. That's pretty rare, you know. 100%. Skateboarders are often getting kicked off of shit and yelled yeah. at, yeah. and you know, kind of parents out there. Not less so now, <laughs> but you know, like it really do be like that. But Copenhagen's got like just such a great skate scene and uh, such a cool like artistic culture. Like you get a lot of niche sports out there, like parkour and rock climbing and skateboarding. And oh, even something uh, related to rock climbing, uh, scaling and shit. Like when people, like people scaling buildings oh, like and stuff like that. No way, you guys were talking yeah. about that shit. Yeah. I've uh, yeah, I've done a little bit of that myself. <laughs> I so believe cool. it. I, I like parkour and shit, man. I don't know about, I don't know about scaling. I don't, I don't know. I had this uh, this crazy Russian friend growing up in high school. His it's name always was, like that. It's always the one, that one Russian, Russian friend. Guy, yeah. Exactly. This yeah. guy is crazy. His name <laughs> and that's he, awesome. He uh, his big hobby was picking locks. He thought that was really cool. And, <laughs> That's kind of cool, yeah. All right, yeah. Um, and so what he would do is he really liked going on top of roofs. So yeah, he he would like go to extreme lengths to get on top of skyscrapers by picking uh, wow several locks to eventually end Jesus. up on the roof. And <clears throat> I thought this was pretty cool, so I befriended him. And uh, we ended up uh, going, you know, doing some sightseeing. <laughs> and uh, just so, here in Ottawa. Yeah, here in Ottawa. Yeah. Like uh, you guys know the, um, I don't know actually. Uh, there's, <laughs> there's a, there's, there's, there's two buildings on um, what's it called on Metcalf um that have about maybe a 10 or 11 foot gap between them and <laughs> i'm pretty into like parkour and i was a little, i was only i was a little younger at the time i was like uh 17 yeah. and uh that was like basically my main ma motivation for like doing this shit was <laughs> I could like do gnarly you gnarly jump, in the building? jump across skyscrapers <laughs> well uh 12 yeah, 11 well, feet uh, so it's a big target <laughs> yeah it's a little fucking like that's just it's fucking started balls, with man. uh it started with just like going on the roofs and like you know checking it out and seeing the views <laughs> that's and how stuff. we started but, but then we you know we we found this gap and, and we we got up there and like <laughs> pretty gnarly like uh we got up there and it's yeah like 11 12 foot gap up maybe 17 or 18 stories up and um holy holy shit. so what we did is we, we scoped it the one time and then you know i figured since you know when you're at that kind of height <laughs> yeah. if you misstep or you slip on your takeoff you're dead right so, 100%. so what i did is i went out and i bought like uh, grip tape and i cut it into pieces and then put uh like four or five strips of grip tape on the edge of the ledge so right. that 
Yeah, you know, and have a nice grip for what, my takeoff. What does the ledge look like? Like, was it like? Cat, yeah, like, that's like another good point. So these were not level. Buildings, that's the other right? thing I'm thinking of. No, there, like, there was maybe a two foot difference in height between them. So I was jumping. Wow, holy <laughs> Dude, shit! That, that's that's almost well, it, level well, to level. That's like it's, two it's, feet. It gets worse. So like, yeah, so it it's, gets worse. It's a, it's a long drop. It's a long distance, lots, and it's like a, a small drop between them. Seventeen stories, and, and um, it's not like just a flat roof. It's like roof, and then on the edge of the roof, you have like a small wall with like a metal uh, sort of plating on top. You guys know yeah, what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, and yeah, that's exactly. So that's capping. When, when you're doing the jump, you need to get up on top of that that wall. So you run is, and then hop and then yeah, and that's maybe like a foot and a half jump. wide. And so you sprint along that thing with like a death drop to one end of you, and then you. <laughs> and then oh you, really? Yeah. So yeah. So I I I did the jump and it was sweet. It went it went to so totally well. I've got a video of it too. Really? I want to see this video. Uh, it's, YouTube. it's um. It's on a, an Instagram account that I've got. Uh, like okay, a well then we're gonna we're gonna link that in uh, if that's cool with you. It's a private account. It's, oh, okay, uh, then never mind. But I could I could uh, we could link the video. I could set it up for you guys. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty. Look. It's pretty. We I'm can maybe put it in the podcast footage yeah. here for yeah. yeah. Like we'll put the pod, like the video in the podcast. Or heart attack. Yeah. So anyway, so I jump it. You know, it's no problem. I land it really nicely. It's all smooth. Did and you then, roll out? Uh, no, I so I, I I took off one leg like you know big kicking forward like land on two feet, and then kind of uh, I, I stepped out of that and ran it out and uh, and so I was okay. And then um, my buddy goes, "We've been spotted." And like, <laughs> there's a bunch of people in the building that I just jumped to that had like kind of a, a another level that <laughs> continued up out of the section I jumped to, and there's a whole bunch of people looking out of the windows like, "Holy fuck!" Like this kid is like. What the fuck is this kid doing? And so then I'm like, oh, we got to get out of here. But I had to jump back. And no, so what? So for jumping back, uh, it was even worse because it was like jumping up as well as out. So uh, I just like ran. What the fuck? How is that even possible? Uh, well, you need to land sort of like on, on your hands. Like it's like you run and you, wait are you landing on that edge where it's just yeah, a, so you're running and you're then there's a drop off, on the off of a small ledge and then you land <laughs> sort of on your waist like this on your waist oh my god like that, and your head kind of climb up over and so yeah i got up and then we you know we left and Wait, um, your, your your feet are hanging off the side of the building? Yeah. Uh, no. Yeah, yeah. That's not on uh, uh, camera though. It was just the one jump. But uh, wow. Yeah, and uh, that was cool. Like that was. Uh, <laughs> yeah, 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 that's cool. No problem. That's the only thing I've ever done on that caliber because I don't really have like. Well, that's like a death wish right there. That's, that's insane, yeah, that's, man. That's that's, 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 that's balls deep, man. That's balls deep. Well, yeah, it was it was fun. It was cool. Uh, but yeah, how, how did we get to? But anyway. This crazy fuck uh, did that with me and some other stuff, and but Wild. <clears throat> but um, now he's he's into all sorts of of, uh, of, of crazy weird little hobbies. Like uh, I think he's 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 pretty into racing cars and like you know, stuff like that. But yeah, interesting character, and uh, he brought me to new heights, literally. And uh, <laughs> all right, so wait, just go back one sec. So you, like, when, <laughs> when you're jumping back, you. You just jumped 11, 12 feet in distance, and it was, it was two a feet higher. That's uh, yeah. Are you like so a hard. long jump, like champion? Like, no, I just. Uh, <laughs> That's a maybe huge we should jump. bleep his name, by the way, later in post. But anyway, uh, 
Yeah, the I, I like because I've been doing parkour from a really young age. Like, uh, I guess you just kind of build these muscles up. So I'm by no means a long jumper, but I can jump pretty far. I think just from doing it all the time. And, yeah, that's far. And you just you that's get like three uh, when you're doing that sort of thing all the time. Like you get really comfortable with uh, gauging distances and and like uh, landing precisely. And so yeah. I, it's just like I understanding what your body can handle sort of thing. It, yeah. So like looking at it, it's like I know my ability. It's not like I'm like just some fuckhead who's like well I could probably make that like <laughs> <laughs> it's only a 17 story drop it's like you know I've done I like I you know we do it on the ground first a bunch of times like and then you know you know you've got it like you know okay, okay. and then like you like, pretty okay. much probably knew you could jump that distance yeah it's just the before, consequence yeah. is high so 100%. it's all about dude the consequences yeah fucking like mental concentration at that point you weren't planning on jumping back though right you playing on your buddy coming and like picking the lock to the other building? Or? No, dude, the, the <laughs> going on. No, I was planning on jumping back. I just didn't really think it through. I was more concerned with the jump over, and then I kind of got back when people were getting, uh, you know, all, all flustered in the building, wow. and I was like, oh, you're too much to fluster them. Right, imagine you're yeah, like, no, use the elevator, man. Like, yeah. yeah. Right. Imagine you're just in your apartment building, munching on some frosted flakes, and cut your windows. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> kid just like flying across your building. Like, Fucking Spider Man yeah. up there. Like, oh, shit, okay. Damn. Yeah, yeah, I mean, Wild. It was, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was good. And um, wow. uh, there was another time that we were on some building and we were doing our thing, and uh, and um, some people, <coughs> some people must have thought that we were getting up to no good. <laughs> and I mean, we were we were doing anything bad, like we were just kind of hanging out. But uh, I guess when you, when people see people like up on on buildings, like they just like twenty <laughs> stories in there, and they're like fifteen years old at ten o'clock at night. They're they're like, like, oh, oh, this was daytime. On? This was like lunch break at school. We would do this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, man, lunch was it daytime? I'm not you at the top of the building. Honestly, crazy. man, I've been there at lunch break sometimes. Yeah, like, yeah, not the same type of shit, but like, like one, yeah, time police, yeah, one, one time the uh, police. One time people called the police and they took it really seriously. They were worried uh, that something like maybe like terrorism or something was going on, and so they were. A really extreme response, and so, but because because we're like uh, young guys with backpacks, like we, you know, we were we were walking out of the building past like rows and rows of police cars. <laughs> No uh, way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That sounds know. like some like Mission Impossible shit. Like you don't know, hop a building, <laughs> yeah, for real. but then they come get you. It's like no, you this change, was, like suits, was, and then you like walk out the front door like with your backpack. That was a separate time. That was a separate time. But <laughs> fucking, no, I know, I know. I'm, I'm just adding both times. We're getting fucking diehard, man. What's funny is Hans Gruber. Ocean's fucking fourteen. Ocean's thirteen, featuring fucking Al Hockland. What's funny is my friend. My friend. He's like, there's a community of these guys who do this, who like get on top of buildings and take pictures. Yeah, free runners. Uh, yeah. Well, no, like I, I mean, you, you've got like a free runner or like a parkour guy, and, and they're all. You're about, talking people that just share their experiences, like. Well, well yeah, I, I, like I think that when it comes to parkour free running, like that's all about kind of expressing yourself, like a skateboarder might, like you know, in, okay. in an urban environment, whatever, like you know, with your uh, with like flips and jumps, and but then you've got these guys who just kind of climb cranes or like get on top of buildings and take yeah, pictures. Yeah, yeah, like free followers so, almost. Or yeah, so, so so yeah. Yeah, I don't think that, I don't even know that there's a term like I guess rooftoppers or whatever. But mm-hmm. my friend was uh, my friend was one of these guys, and there's like a community of these guys, and, and he just was, hangs like with one hand at one point on, on certain things. Like I've seen videos stuff like that. He, he'll take like a harness. Yeah. He'll take a harness and like dangle off the side of a building and stuff like that. And he's uh, like when we one of the times we were up on a building. Uh, one of his friends was up on another building nearby, mm-hmm. and all this fuss that was caused by us. You know, caused a bunch of police to be around, and then they saw him and they arrested him. And so, like, 
when we were at school, we're at high school, like in class, we're seeing like social media snaps of this guy, like documenting him being like handcuffed. And I mean, nothing serious happened. You just get fined for, uh, for whatever it is. Like, I don't know, like a hundred bucks for trespassing. It's like not really a, a big deal, but mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. It was kind of crazy. That's insane, man. <laughs> yeah. Were, were, were you like, what were you feeling though at, the, at that point in time? Like, were you like in your head, you're like, like going back to that big jump you were talking about, you're like, oh, I don't have it, I don't have it. Or no, like, were no. you even nervous? Like, do you remember? I, would, um, I feel like I'd be shit myself. Maybe. I think the key is if you're, right, you're going to do something like that that's really high risk, you need to be certain uh, that you're going to be fine. Yeah. Yeah, and 100%. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I just, I knew I had it. And uh, you've got nerves, obviously, but mm-hmm. but I think I mostly just felt pretty confident that I was going to be okay. What trips me out the most about this is, like, um, is the fact that when you had to jump back, you know, it's two feet higher. And then, so you jumped and, like, landed like this, pretty much? Like, on the edge with your... Like... Yeah, like, um, yeah. I don't know if you're climbing up onto a wall or something, you know? Like, when you've got, your, process, you've yeah, got yeah. your legs, your, your arms down, and your hips are kind of aligned with the wall, and then you kind of pop your leg over. Yeah. Yeah, that's how I had to land. So it's like... Did you, you not have, like, any sense of, like, oh, fuck? Yeah, I mean, definitely a pretty... Uh, <laughs> I definitely had some nerves, but... Yeah, it's like it's, it's just, so just like in the moment. It's that training like, just comes to play, and you're just like, I cannot fall, I cannot fall. And so you do it. You you do it as carefully as you possibly can. Your your feet hit the wall first, and your hands hit. And the second you like lock it in, you're like, okay, I'm okay. Your feet hit the wall first when you're 17 stories up. Yeah, no, but that's the safest way to do it. You want to like uh, yeah. you want to lead yeah, with right. your feet and like almost kick it a bit. Yeah, you want to lead with your feet and let them sort of hit, drag down, and then your hands wow. yeah. kind of stabilize you. I can feel my heart rate just fucking climbing <laughs> as you talk about this. I'm just imagining myself yeah. doing it. Well, I just looked up to the guys who did that kind of thing. Like uh, I trained at a trampoline gym uh, in Canada Tech. It's called Spring Action. They're shut down now, but uh, and near there, there were all these industrial buildings and we'd climb the we'd climb the drain pipes or not the drain, they're like, whatever, the, the yellow pipes. On the yeah, sides. Yeah, yeah. We'd climb up those and do like flips between the buildings and stuff like on like really small gaps. Yeah, yeah. And it was just always like what, you know, like some guys go around, they run around with skateboarders and like that's what they do and like with the, for fun and the, I just, uh, I just would run around, kind of do flips on staircases and stuff, and occasionally on roofs. So I don't know. That's uh, that's it. It, it reminds <laughs> me of a time. I'll, I'll say a quick story, shit. but like, uh, go for it. I think it was last year or the year before. And one of my really good friends, uh, Ian. Actually, he's a he's a skier man. He hucks. He hucks like I don't know. I don't. I don't know if I want to. He's a sender, but yeah, yeah. He, he sends pretty hard. Like uh, he was uh-huh. grew up in Chelsea, and he just skis and he's right. skis out west and shit. Anyway, but he's one of my really good friends, and like. Anyway, he was living, well, he still lives in Montreal, and my other buddy, Sam, lives in Montreal, so I went over there on Christmas Day, and it was like, we're cooking, you know, fucking getting all wasted and shit, which I don't recommend this, by the way, but, uh, yeah, and we're like, and we ended, up, we ended up fucking uh, neighbors, yeah. <laughs> his, his neighbor was like, drops us off at Mont Royal, like, you know, in Montreal, mm-hmm. and so, like, I know it's not like, a, it's, it's a hill, right, it's not like crazy, yeah. but it was like, mid-winter, and it was like, fucking like, 
just like I, I was like wait I was like oh fuck it let's just go let's just bushwhack it and were you guys so, trying to ski in, on Morale? no we were just trying to climb to the top oh gotcha sorry and about. it was just icy and shit and then at one point there was like 90 degree like rock face yeah we just cut straight through right nice. and it's all icy and dude I was literally using like I don't like I don't have like nails like really like you know what I mean my nails are short but men like I was like scraping ice and I had blundstones on so they're not like super grippy and I was yep. literally like using my fingers to just like navigate through the bush like through this fucking like terrain it was fucked and at Very one point it's like I was like slipping I'm like oh shit like if I fall like I'm gonna like I'm gonna hurt myself really really badly and I was kind of fucking pinned so like yeah. that's why I mean like don't obviously like that feeling is a shitty feeling yeah, uh, yeah. You're like, I, I actually just a few go? weeks ago, I got stuck like uh, like seventy feet up a rock wall. Like I was rock climbing. You know okay. what I mean, but uh, I like fucked up. Like I had a problem with my gear, and I got I got stuck up a wall, like way up a wall <laughs> in the dark. Uh, we were <laughs> in the dark. In, wow. Ottawa people uh, will probably know Luskville. Like, do any of you guys oh, know, I know exactly Luskville? Yeah, of course, yeah. yeah. So we were lead climbing in Luskville, and we were doing this problem. And, you can uh, see Luxville from the Champlain Lookout. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's yeah. Uh, yeah, it's a nice spot. They got a big wall there, mm-hmm. uh, but none of us had ever lead climbed before, and we watched some YouTube. Lead, lead, lead climbed. Is that is that free climbing almost, or you climb first no. with the rope, right? Yeah, so it's like it's like. Um, so top roping is when you bring you feed the rope from the ground all the way up through a carabiner at the top and back down and into your harness so that way you've got your repeller who's got he's using he's he's giving the gigri or Mm -hmm. uh, the grigri which uh like is just a device that kind of controls the slack and you can catch them like every time they fall just just like they won't even drop at all like you're pulling all the slack as they climb and so when Mm -hmm. they fall they just kind of sit down but when you lead climb that that top rope is is constantly being moved so it's like you free climb like seven feet or something like small and then you you take the rope and you put it through a carabiner boom and then that's your top rope and then you climb up further and then do next carabiner and so on but what that means is like if you're at if you're like at the next carabiner but you haven't clipped in yet and you fall you can actually you can free fall like I don't know, five to like eight feet or some guys like take really big falls. But I mean, what we were doing, we'd take like six, eight foot fall and then you get caught by the rope and kind of uh, smash the walls. Smash out. the walls. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the goal is to come in feet first and just like uh, go absorb it. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, people get hurt like sometimes and people hit the wall hard. But but uh, yeah, so anyway, I, I was climbing up and I was like really running out of steam. And when I, I kind of rushed trying to clip into the thing and when I clipped into it, somehow... I have no idea how, but somehow how I managed to like clip in through my figure eight. So the figure eight is the knot that you have on your harness, and so my um, oh, my shit. carabiner went through a, a bit of that knot and into the carabiner that was holding me on the wall. Mm-hmm. And then I, I like let go and sat down, and it just tightened the knot on the carabiner super tight, and I didn't have any handholds, so I like couldn't get the uh like i couldn't get out of the knot like i like i was locked on the wall into the knot that was keeping me like from falling so i couldn't untie the knot because obviously like then i'm not tied in anymore (laughs) and so i had to like spend 45 minutes like doing everything i possibly could to like ram my carabiner out from the knot to to lower myself down and uh yeah <laughs> it got dark and it was like a whole thing i was like stuck Brutal. up there forever but wow. uh 
nothing crazy. I mean, uh, we, we figured it out. It was a character building experience. But that feeling. <laughs> That's awesome. What I'm getting at, though, is, yeah, that feeling where you're stuck up on something and you're kind of like, fuck, like, you know, like. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's super shitty. You just feel very vulnerable. And, like, I was wow. just trying to control my breathing and, like, oh, my God. I was safe the whole time, but it's just I'm not as super familiar with that whole thing, and it's yeah, yeah. scary. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, hundred percent. Yeah, no, it seems like from the last like three stories, like the theme of like you know you're getting yourself in a fucking situation, you know, then you have to think with your like your brain, you got to think like strategically, rationally, yeah. all this shit, stay calm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know? like this is super super important. Yep, I uh, I guess I'm prone to getting myself into these predicaments. Well, I mean, you're doing some pretty uh, dangerous shit. Like, would you consider yeah. yourself a bit of a adrenaline junkie? Do you think? Maybe, I, yeah, I mean, I like uh, I like I like uh, high stimulus activities. I guess yeah, you know, things that like requires get the blood like pure focus and. But I, I like yeah, I, I like the risk associated with things. Like I don't know, it's it's fun uh, to it, like really need to perform well i guess but but um test of our abilities too but you know like it's like the the interesting things to hear about are the fuck-ups right but it's like it's not like every time you go out get stuck in these shitty situations but yeah it's it's just bound to happen like here and there but if you prepared for it like most of the time you're gonna be fine right so yeah 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 yeah, but uh i'm I'm lucky to have i've never been like injured super badly with any of the shit i've done uh Mm -hmm. uh, yeah i've uh I've never like snapped any bones. I've, I've fractured like uh, two bones or whatever. That's you guys have any breaks? Any gnarly injuries? I broke my clavicle. Oh yeah. Yeah, I broke oh, my yeah. clavicle, but it was the stupidest thing. I bet I was twelve, like I was young. Oh okay. We had this hammock in our living room. It was like with these Mexican hammocks, like super dope. Yeah. And I was with my buddies, and like we're like swinging in it and shit. And like my mom's like, "Don't do that! Don't do that!" And at <laughs> one point, it just like goes to like the highest point of like I guess I don't oh, know, yeah. velocity that it can go. Out. And then just like one of the hooks, just like. <laughs> And you broke your fucking clavicle. Like they were in the air and they they both fell on top of me. And I hit my head on the ground. Yeah. Boom passed out. That's unlucky. I woke up. I'm like, ah, ah, something's wrong. Like I'm like 12 and shit. I was like, oh my god. God. I was in the hospital and shit, but I healed really fucking quick. So which was uh, which was dope. The only times I've broken things is fucking skateboarding, man. Yeah. Skateboarding, skateboarding, fucking man. skateboarding will beat your body down. Yeah, uh, I quit skateboarding. Because I never broke anything skateboarding, but from the age of like, I don't know, 9 to 11 maybe, both of my shins were just purple because I also <laughs> yeah, fucking sucked at skateboarding. So every single time I try to do something, I just smack myself in the shin. Honestly, or I think that's out. a sport though, for real. Like when you watch uh, skate videos, these guys are like barely uh getting away with stuff yeah i yeah, know skateboarding 100 percent like will 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 definitely beat you up 100 percent uh there's something humbling about skateboarding and a lot of people eat shit and i don't think yeah, a lot of people even understand that skateboarding is just like actually like super super hard on the body way more eating shit than landing tricks yeah, oh, yeah 100%. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's that's exactly <laughs> especially it. at the start but uh there's gonna be actually part two of this podcast so we just like to thank you lachlan for coming and you too nolan for showing up uh, you guys, you can like our shit. Don't like our shit. We don't care. And uh, yeah, we'll see you on the next one. Kevin Clearing, take it easy. Have a good day. Peace.